This is TJ from AquariumTipTank.com. This is the seventh podcast from Aquarium Tip Tank, and this one will all be all about aquarium filtration, but it will be the first part of aquarium filtration. Again, this is TJ from www.aquariumtiptank.com. I'd like to remind you to go to www.aquariumtiptank.com and sign up for our free e-updates and newsletter so you can get all of the latest tips and tricks to relaxing and enjoying your home and enjoying your home aquarium. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about aquarium filtration. First things first, though, uh, I'm just going to say hello. I know it's been a very long time. Uh, I have had <clears throat> a whole lot of stuff to do. It feels like I'm home on during the week, but I'm just unpacking and repacking. Excuse me. In order to go ahead and get ready. Excuse me for my adventures on the weekends. Uh, I've done things. Things like go to uh, the Florida Keys. I went sailing, uh, and I happened to go scuba diving down there. You might have seen that post uh, at AquariumTipTank.com. It was for a long Memorial Day weekend. Now, I know even Memorial Day weekend was close to three weeks ago. I was gone the next two weekends after that as well. I know it's a tough life. I also have another job that I regularly do during the week, Um, and it just kind of goes to show, though, that the fact that I'm out of town more weekends than I'm home, it just goes to show that it isn't that difficult to take care of a, of a thriving and happy fish tank. As in, I can leave for a few days. I can make sure the water's topped off, the water's changed, everything's going all right, the fish are fed well, and I can get out of town for a day and a half or so, and I come back and everything's going to be fine. I can clean everything out again, again, make sure that all the water didn't evaporate, and and everything's gone all right. If I'm gone for a longer period of time, I can try and have a friend stop over a few days out of the week, every day out of the week, just to check and make sure that everything's going okay. The worst thing that would happen is if there was a power outage for a long period of time while I was gone, and nobody was coming over to uh, check on that and everything else. Then I would probably lose some of my fish, I have to admit. But there are things that you can do to take care of that, too. Uh, so anyway, it just goes to show that it's really not that difficult to take care of a great-looking uh, fish tank. Uh Anyway, let's get on to it. Uh, That's just what I've been up to. I've been super busy. It's taken me a long time to get this out. That's the main hope, is to get these out a little quicker. I know I say that all the freaking time, right? Well, I'm going to keep trying and doing my best to get these things out there, and hopefully you're enjoying these podcasts and enjoying what I have to say and uh, taking it to heart and using some of the information that I provide. Okay. Uh, let's get on with it, right? It's time to talk a little bit about uh, filtration in the aquarium systems. Um, 
I think I'm going to make this a little bit of a mini-series here. It'll probably end up being two podcasts. Once again, I don't want to sit here and just talk for hours and you guys get really bored. Uh, what I'm going to basically talk about are the three basic forms of filtration uh, that are used in the aquarium, that are, and that's mechanical, chemical, and biological pr- filtration, and sort of how to perform them. I think I'll get into a little bit of the mechanisms that we actually use and the filters and things that we might have to buy and and the equipment that, that we use to do these things in the aquarium keeping world in the next episode. But anyway, let's get on with it. First, let's talk a little bit about mechanical uh, filtration. And this is probably the type of filtration that's the easiest to understand. Uh, and, and you can see it happen. And, that, and that's basically why. And it's just, and mecha- all mechanical filtration is, is the process of physically straining out and removing uh, the particulate waste from the aquarium system. So... And this is accomplished by basically forcing aquarium water across a filter medium that you might use. Now, this can be anything from a sponge or filter floss or another sort of filtering material that this particulate matter that you can see that's floating around in the water gets strained through and gets caught on before, the, and then the water comes out the other side, and it's clear of that visible particulate waste. Uh, this can be from fish waste, fish feces, uneaten food, or, or anything else that will stick to the filter material, and, and the cleaner water is directed back out into the tank. Uh, the benefits of mechanical of mechanical filtration are that it helps to get rid of debris that can cloud up the water and accumulate on rockwork and substrate. This accumulation of debris would significantly detract from the overall aesthetic beauty uh, of the aquarium. Uh, if you didn't do the mechanical uh, filtration, basically you'd have all these viewable, seeable, uh, they're visible particulate matter, small particulate pieces of matter floating around in the aquarium. And it would just go through the the system of pumps and things like that throughout the day. Uh, more importantly, any dirt and debris left in the aquarium system uh, will decompose. Will decompose. Uh, this decomposition will end up fouling the aquarium water and degrade the water quality rather quickly. So you're getting rid of any of that decomposing particulate matter and you change your filter medium out every so often and you actually get rid of that out of the system and out of the water that's in, at least in your main tank. Um, in my 12-gallon nano reef tank, I use a trickle-down or wet-dry filter process. Uh, we'll get into that filter mechanisms in a little bit, probably the next episode. Uh, but I perform my mechanical filtration by placing a small handful of filter floss in the top of the filter chamber. The water flows over the filter floss, and the floss catches a lot of the particulate waste that the water is carrying. Now, some people might say that performing mechanical filtration isn't necessary. We'll get into why in a little bit. Uh, It all kind of stems back to biological filtration. And you can get away without mechanical uh, filtration to a certain extent. But if you do this, you must be extremely, extremely diligent about performing your partial water changes. And in the end, you'll also just be a much happier, relaxed, and at ease with your water, water quality and the look of your aquarium if you include some sort of mechanical filtration in the water purification system of your aquarium. Okay, so I mentioned biological filtration for a second, right? Well, we'll get into what what I was kind of getting at in a minute, but first I would like to explain chemical filtration. Now, 
aquarist, when aquarists talk about chemical filtration, they're not talking about dumping a bunch of different chemicals into the tank and substances that, you know, chemically alter the water and the things that are in it and just clear everything up all of a sudden. Well, what they're actually talking about is a substance known as activated carbon. Now, activated carbon is a substance that is created by baking materials, and I said baking, materials such as wood, coal, and bone at extremely, extremely high temperatures. Now, while, this, while these materials are baking, tiny pores open up in the material, and it increases the surface area of the substance. During the baking, the surface uh, of the carbon material that is created uh, is is also chemically altered, and it gives it a tendency to attract molecules of various dissolved substances. So there's a chemical, you know, reaction that happens there when when these substances are baked at a very high temperature. The carbon that ends up that you end up getting out of baking these materials ends up being chemically altered so that it attracts the molecules and it has a lot of surface area to attract those molecules of those dissolved substances. Uh, there are several ways to place and use activated carbon in an aquarium. You can just sandwich some in between two layers of filter floss and put some or put some inside a nylon stocking and this will help prevent the tiny pieces of the activated carbon from being discharged into the rest of the aquarium. Personally, I just use the activated carbon that is in its own little pre-filled and sealed pouch that you can get from the local fish store. Most standard filtration devices that we'll talk about in the next episode, such as hang-on tank filters, canister filters, and wet-dry filter systems, have a location where active carbon and other filtration media can be accommodated. There's a spot for it, basically. So when activated carbon is used, the aquarium water flows through and over the tiny pores of the activated carbon, and the dissolved compounds in the water form a chemical bond with the surface of the carbon. All of those dissolved compounds are removed from the rest of the system and stick to the activated carbon until the carbon is replaced. Therefore, it is necessary to replace your activated carbon on a regular basis. The good thing is that it isn't very expensive. You can buy a nylon bag for a couple bucks and a large container of activated carbon for less than 10 bucks. And honestly, that might get you through the year. As always, in the aquarium world, however, there are sometimes some heated debates about everything. Some people might ask if you actually need any chemical uh, filtration in, in your aquarium system as well. Well, that's because one of those debates is about the value of the activated carbon in the aquarium. The issue is that the activated carbon doesn't only attract and trap the, the dissolved compounds that are bad from the water, but it also traps the dissolved compounds that are good for your underwater ecosystem. There are certain medications, trace elements, chemical buffers, and vitamin supplements that you might want to use at some point. Well, those are all good things that you want in the water and you want to give some of the livestock in your aquarium water. But the, active, the activated carbon doesn't discriminate between those substances. And so it doesn't discriminate against those substances that would benefit the fish and invertebrates and those that would be toxic to them. So the active car activated carbon also has an extreme amount of surface area. This is a great area the, to attract, you know, the bad things, the bad dissolved compounds out of the water. 
as we said, but it also it's a great place, an attractive place for the beneficial bacteria that perform biological filtration to congregate. Therefore, some may argue that every time you replace your carbon, you are losing a portion of your biological filter. Well, this really shouldn't be that big of a problem. Just make sure that there is enough biological filtration provided throughout the rest of the aquarium system and that you change the carbon frequently. What a great freaking segue, huh? So, you know, we just everybody's now should be asking, what the heck is biological filtration? And what is this beneficial bacteria that you speak of? Well, biological filtration or nitrification is actually carried out by benef beneficial aerobic bacteria. Aerobic meaning that it needs oxygen. So these bacteria are called nitrobacters. Now, before we get too far into this rabbit hole, let me first say that biological filtration may be one of the most important types of filtration for your aquarium. But it is also the most difficult to understand. This is probably due to the fact that the actual process of nitrification is invisible. It is carried out by microorganisms that can't be seen and are usually associated with ill health. But you don't need to be a microbiologist to get the gist of it. I am certainly not a microbiologist, and I'm going to try and keep things simple. Okay, so back to nitrobacters. How do we get these beneficial bacteria? Well, the great thing is they're already there. They're on the glass of your tank. They're on the rockwork. They're in the substrate. They're on any other available surface or surface area that, that they can find. However, they're in fairly small quantities. You will still need many more to grow and congregate in your aquarium to perform the biological filtration necessary for your underwater ecosystem. You're basically going to introduce a whole bunch of other wastes that this biological filtration method needs to filter. When you put fish in, when you put food in, these are all things that, that need to be filtered. There's a few ways to do that, like we already talked about, but biological filtration helps. You need more of these nitrobacters. When you just fill up your tank with water, there's not, there are some there, there's not enough. So what do nitrobacters do? Nitrobacters are key components to the nitrification process. Again, like I was just saying, it starts with ammonia being released into the aquarium water in the form of excreted fish waste or decomposing organic material such as uneaten food. The ammonia is very toxic to both fish and invertebrates. It, if it is not broken down into less harmful byproducts fairly quickly, it will kill the livestock of the aquarium. This is where the nitrobacters come into play. The nitrobacters that utilize ammonia as a food source quickly take action and convert the ammonia into nitrite. Well, nitrite is a compound that is slightly less toxic than ammonia, but it is still harmful to fish and invertebrates. So there are other colonies of nitrobacters that immediately comes into play. They start breaking down the nitrite into nitrate. Well, nit nitrate, the final byproduct of nitrification, is tolerated by fish at low levels as long, it is, as long as it is slow to accumulate. However, it is still highly toxic to invertebrates. It has to come out of the aquarium somehow. And it does, by performing water, water changes. And this is why it's important to perform water changes. Water changes, the, there, there are a few other ways that you might go about getting rid of nitrobacters, in, or I'm sorry, that you might go about getting rid of nitrates from your tank. But the best and most proven way 
to definitely get rid of nitrates is to just perform water changes regularly. It takes a while for those nitrates to be built up. It takes a while for this biological filtration process to, to go ahead and, and, and work its way through. And as those nitrates build up over a slow amount of time, like over two weeks, it then is usually about time after two weeks to go ahead and get those nitrates out of your system. So how do we get enough nitrobacters in our tank to properly perform the biological filtration. Well, the great thing uh, that I love about biological filtration and talking about this today is that just right here on its own, we're going to sort of be talking about cycling your tank and slowly stocking your aquarium. And this is where some of those tips that that I have on Twitter and things come into play. So the bacteria need food or fuel. They need surface area to colonize. And they need oxygenated conditions. Well, to start the cycling of a tank, some aquarists might just add some fish food to a tank with no fish. Some might add one hearty, healthy, tank-raised fish to the aquarium. There are also additives that can now be used. All these things are doing is adding the food or for the fuel component into the system. So here's the food or the fish waste or the additives create the release of ammonia that the nitrobacters feed on. This release of ammonia comes from the the decomposition of that food in the tank. And that food will, will decompose no matter what. No matter if there's a fish in there eating it and creating fish waste or not, it will decompose in that water. And ammonia will definitely be released. Well, if ammonia is released, the nitrobacters want to feed on that ammonia. And it... The surface area is already created by the substrate that you used or the rock work that you, aquas- that you aquascaped with or the decorations or the live rock or all of the different things with, surf- with surface area that you've placed into your tank. Your tank isn't just, you know, a, a four-walled tank anymore w- with those being the only surfaces on the inside of the tank to have nitrobacters on. You now have all of this other surface area that you've placed in your tank for those nitrobacters to congregate on. So the oxygenated conditions are already also, are also already created by the return pumps for your various filtration devices, the power heads, or by a bubbling air stone that you've placed in your tank. Everything is already ready for the nitrobacters to grow. Once you have set up your tank and put these things in it, all you need to do is add a little bit of something that creates ammonia for those nitrobacters to feed on that ammonia. Now, this, this is basically the cycling of the tank, and you have to calm down just a little bit. Because you can't just go and say, well, it's all going to be just fine and the, and the biological filtration will work itself out anyway. We've already got everything that we need. Just fill it up with water and put all these fish in it that we want. Please make sure that you cycle, you take the time to cycle your tank and that you stock your tank slowly. In the example that I gave of putting one hardy fish in the tank to start the nitrification process, there were no other fish in the tank. Putting that one fish in a new tank will create a spike of ammonia. You'll have to feed that fish, and it will produce waste. This is more waste than the tank has been accustomed to providing biological filtration for. A spike of ammonia will occur. 
a good hardy fish might be able to, to handle the spike of ammonia. And this starts the process of growing the bacteria necessary to perform the biological filtration of your aquarium system. The aquarium will eventually grow enough nitrobacters and the ammonia levels will cycle back down to zero. This is when the cycling process is complete and you can really start stocking your tank. Still, don't go crazy. Remember that each addition of a fish adds some fish waste that the biological filter has to accommodate for. This is why we stock slowly. There are also different ways to cycle your tank, especially without using fish. We actually recommend fishless cycling. When I go ahead and start the cycling process of my 30-gallon marine tank that I'm about to set up, I know I've said that a lot, um, I, I'm actually going to be going through a fishless cycling, cycling process. These days, many people argue that putting a fish through the tremendous water condition swings of the aquarium cycling process is even unethical. While I somewhat agree to an extent, there's just other simple ways to go about providing the ammonia necessary to cycle the tank without putting a fish through those things. Throw a small pinch of, fake, uh, of flake food in, or a little liquid invertebrate food into the tank every day. This food will produce the necessary ammonia to jumpstart the cycling process while it decomposes. These days there are also water additives with ammonia or bacteria already in them to help cycle your tank. We'll get more in-depth with the cycling of, of a tank in the future episodes, especially as I go through cy my cycling process with my new marine aquarium. Okay, enough about cycling. It's time to get back to the methods of filtration and what got us here in the first place. The nitrobacters and how they colonate the activated carbon used for chemical filtration. They may... Uh, now that I've explained biological filtration a little bit, I can get back to what people are talking about and upset about or why they might say that chemical filtration isn't necessary. The thing is, they may end up colonizing the media they may even end up colonizing the media used for mechanical filtration. After all, the th the three things that nitrobacters need are just a are, again, just a fuel source oxygenated water conditions, and lots of surface area to colonize, right? Well, that, that's exactly what your activated carbon and your mechanical filter media have. They have lots of surface area to be able to capture, cling to, and perform chemical bonds with all of the waste in your aquarium water. The food is the decomposed food and fish waste that gets captured in the chemical and mechanical filter media. And oxygen, oxygenated conditions are provided by creating turbulence in the water when it is pumped, moved, and forced to flow over the chemical and mechanical filter media. Therefore, some may argue that a great biological filtration system is all that you actually need for a happy and healthy aquarium. While they may be very correct, our stance here at Aquarium Tip Tank is the more filtration and the different types of filtration that you can get, the better your system is probably going to end up being. Sure, you might be removing some of the biological filter every time that you change your activated carbon or your filter floss or filter sponge, but you should have ample supply of biological filtration elsewhere in your aquarium system. You're not just taking out the biological filtration from the system, you're taking out the bad waste products from the system as well. 
You're removing the waste that the nitrobacters would use for an ammonia source and replacing them with clean filter media that contains no waste for the nitrobacters to remove anyway. The other methods of filtration also help to a greater degree in keeping the aesthetic quality and the look of your water a little bit cleaner and a little bit less cloudy. There's less particulate matter, there's less dissolved materials and things like that in, in your aquarium. So perform a little bit of every type of, of filtration. Okay, it's time to sum everything up, of course. We just kind of went over the fact that there are three main types of filtration, and we recommend that you use all three of them to some extent. Mechanical filtration is just pushing the water over a filter media that will trap waste products and let the rest of the water flow, flow on through, just a little bit cleaner. Chemical filtration is actually just the use of activated carbon with lots of surface area that forms a bond with the dissolved particles of the aquarium water. And biological filtration is the nitrification process of nitrobacters breaking down ammonia into nitrites, then breaking the nitrites down into nitrates that can be removed by performing water changes. So next time, and hopefully it's not too long from now, but I know I say that a whole lot. Anyway, next time we will, we will get into the devices and mechanisms that are used to perform each type of filtration and the filtration systems that I'm planning on using in my new marine aquarium. I will, of course, have a little bit of all three types of filtration. I'm just going to explain a little bit about how I plan to go ahead and do that. So go ahead and tell us how your aquarium is coming along. Go ahead on over to www.aquariumtiptank.com and sign up for our free e-updates and newsletter. We'll be back with more aquarium tips, hopefully, and hopefully I'm not lying this time, in about two weeks. What? <laughs>